Martin banks it off. Sutter is up with it there. Right around in front. Live in the entertainment capital of the world. Leading goal scorer on the team. Drew one in front. It's the TC Martin Show. A tie game on the power play. Hodgson was at the front of the net. They are even. It's time to get your daily prescription from the doctor. A power play goal by the captain. TC Martin. It's brushed on back by Richard Fuchs. Right up front. Younger Bennett side of the net. Is now in. Ah, the doctor is not in, but he is in Vegas. He's actually just flown here, and Dr. T.C. Martin, he'll be at the Vegas Golden Knights game tonight. Hopefully, the clincher, we're all hoping. We're not throwing any jinx out there. We know if we call Vegas our home, this is a true win for the city, for Clark County, probably throughout the state. Lots of folks that maybe didn't have a hockey team have adopted the Vegas Golden Knights. But those that have been here in Vegas for a long time, including the 1 October tragedy, they know the correlation between the Vegas Golden Knights team and what's going on tonight. What we hope to transpire right there at a beautiful venue. We call it T-Mobile, but we call it the Fortress. Those of us us that follow the uh, Golden Knights, the Fortress it is. And tonight, it is Game 5. Golden Knights trying to take care of business. They lead the series three games to one. Got that big win in Florida in game four, and now can they close it out? We'll talk with Sam Gordon. He is the one of the guys that will be following the uh, Cup tonight for the Las Vegas Review-Journal. Sam is an outstanding reporter. I love this guy. He covers everything. I mean, right now he's covering the A's situation. He covers the Raiders perfectly, and he does an outstanding job no matter what his assignment. And of course, over in Minnesota, where he hails from, he did that for a long time. It is Ken Thompson filling in for T.C. Martin. You may recognize the voice. This is my old stomping grounds. This is where Chuck Edel and I started out way back when. Love KSHP, K-Shop, the radio shopping show. Mark Hay is doing a great job here. And this is, as he said, it's your home away from home, KT, and it's still here when you need it. And I always love filling in for great hosts. Brian Shapiro, outstanding show that preceded me. And of course, T.C. Martin, 2 to 4 p.m. T.C. will be back. Or as he says, as uh, we use the old peanuts cliche, the doctor will be back in tomorrow, and we look forward to that. But for today, got a great show in store for you. Going to talk with Sam Gordon in just a sec. My good pal Wayne Krivsky, Wayne, the former general manager for the Cincinnati Reds. We're going to talk some baseball. He's a Duke grad. He's a little bummed out. College World Series. His Dukies got knocked out by Virginia. Chris Maria, another young up-and-coming uh, handicapper, broadcaster. I mean, this kid does it all. He's outstanding. Chris will join me at three o'clock. And then Gam Lou, you know that name. This guy's an outstanding handicapper for a long time. Hockey playoffs, UFC does year round, but the college world series, Gam Lou also big time there. So I got a couple guys real sharp on the college world series. We'll talk that. I'll, uh, throw that at crib as well at the bottom, but right now I want to turn my attention to one of the best in the business here in the Vegas Valley. That, of, that, of course, is my good pal, Sam Gordon, at by Sam Gordon. You can follow him on Twitter that way. Sam, always good to sit in for somebody else. And, you know, big seat to fill with T.C. Martin, the doctor. He's got his following and uh, just hoping to hold the, hold the torch and then, you know, acquire some listeners as well that may be interested in what KT's got to say. But I appreciate you. And every time I listen to you, no matter what you're talking about, you're on top of the story. Great job with Jose Volante uh, last night and uh, had to get you on and get your take once I heard that you were heading to the 
fortress for what we're hoping to be a clinching game five tonight. Vegas Golden Knights, of course, hosting the Florida Panthers. How excited are you, Sam? Because you do this for a living as far as covering teams, but at the end of the day, not always in a situation where you have a chance to hoist something like the Stanley Cup. Uh, well, first and foremost, Casey, appreciate you having me on the show. Um, definitely uh, expecting an electric atmosphere at T-Mobile Arena tonight. I don't think there's any doubt about that. This, you know, Las Vegas having the opportunity, um, the Vegas Golden Knights, the city of Las Vegas having the opportunity uh, to celebrate potentially a Stanley Cup championship, and, and we we know just kind of the story arc of this team, what the Golden Knights have meant to the city since their arrival. And 2017, and there's a chance that this is a coronation, a christening, uh, kind of a completion of that arc, the ups and downs, you know, the highs associated with that first season, uh, a couple of disappointing uh, losses in the playoffs recently, and then, uh, you know, missing the playoffs altogether last year, then coming back and being on the precipice of, of closing out um, game five. So, uh, you know, the, the, the atmospheres, uh, there are there are certain sporting events that, that bring out a very unique atmosphere that really bring together a, a group of people, a city, uh, whatever, right? A fan base and games one and two of the Stanley Cup finals certainly delivered that. I mean, among the best atmospheres I've ever been in, in terms of covering any kind of sporting event uh, and expecting a whole nother level tonight, knowing what's at stake for the Golden Knights. So uh, it should be, it should be a, a great atmosphere and, and uh, a great game too. I mean, this is a situation that the Florida Panthers uh, have been in before in this particular postseason against the greatest regular season team of all time, and 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 you know had, had come out of a three one deficit to win early on. So the Golden Knights know what what lies ahead of them. That the closeout game, I, I mean, it's a cliche for a reason, is often the hardest. You saw what the Denver Nuggets had to go through last night in the NBA to put away the Miami Heat, who are a lot like the Florida Panthers, an eight seed in their own right. These two storylines playing out concurrently uh, in the NBA and the NHL. So uh, it's going to be a great atmosphere tonight. I'm certainly looking forward to seeing, um, to seeing what, what, how the game plays out and, and, and how the crowd may factor in what happens uh, tonight at T-Mobile Arena. So a chance for the Golden Knights to make some history. I'm sure the city uh, is going to be ready to celebrate in full force if and when they do. There you go. All right, Ken Thompson, host of SportsX Radio in Las Vegas for a long time, now 20 years here in the Vegas Valley on the air, but sitting in for the Dr. T.C. Martin on the T.C. Martin Show. And you can stream the T.C. Martin Show uh, right there at the tcmartinshow.com. Uh, hopefully we don't have any feedback in the background. Uh, just uh, t- just making sure that we don't have any radios up around uh, Sam Gordon. Sam, if there's anything by you, uh, just make sure that that's turned down so we don't get any feedback here, my man. Uh, the Vegas Golden Knights fan base is phenomenal, but a lot of them not hockey savvy as they came into existence back six years ago. So for me, growing up on the East Coast and being a hand-me-down New York Rangers fan, hearing those 1940 chants as I was going through high school and, and of course, watching the Islanders, an expansion team, win four straight Stanley Cups, there was nothing like it. It was just unbelievable how depressing it was being a Rangers fan. Then 1994, Mark Messier helps the Rangers win their cup. I say their cup because they haven't won it since then. They've won that President's Trophy, which the Boston Bruins did this year. Uh, Florida Panthers did it last year. Best record in the regular season. But that doesn't mean a hill of beans. There are places like New York and some of these other franchises where they have a long storied history of having good solid teams 
like the Toronto Maple Leafs, but just not able to get over the hump, not able to break the jinx, so to speak. And so when you're playing in an atmosphere like that, when they're at home and they have a potential clinching game or a game that they need, if they start out poorly, a lot of times the tension just builds inside that arena and you can feel the air getting sucked out of there for the home team. We saw it happen to the Boston Bruins against the Florida Panthers this year. We saw it happen with the Rangers in several situations. But the Vegas Golden Knights fans, they are fans that maybe, you know, there's a lot of transplants out here, of course, that have adopted the Vegas Golden Knights that rooted for other teams. But for those that, you know, really never followed hockey until they had a true expansion team like Vegas come into their city, maybe to a fault of not ignorance, but just not knowing, they're not like those types of fans. They don't have that negativity. So if the Vegas Golden Knights fall down one or two goals, they're more of a pick-me-up crowd. Yeah, that's. I mean, certainly the that the, the atmosphere, right? That that has been the first couple of games. I mean, it's it's just, and, and and from a from an opposing player's perspective, I mean, it's pretty much loud the entire game, right? Anytime the Golden Knights even have remotely the chance to do something, the the crowd is totally fully engaged and invested, and and really every shift, uh, every exchange, every hit, you know, the the crowd has been totally locked in, and it it hasn't been a surprise. Um, KT just just kind of seeing. The, the the home ice advantage that the Knights have cultivated. This is a franchise, I think, again, be based on just the timing of everything, how everything played out, uh, going back to October of 2017 when they debuted shortly after the tragedy here in Las Vegas. It's just been a really kind of unique ride as the city gets to, has, has gotten ingratiated with what it's like um, to, to be a pro sports market. So, uh, like I kind of mentioned at the top, I think it's a full circle moment for the fans that maybe started out and didn't know a ton about hockey and have come to really learn and appreciate uh, this team and, and the fabric that they've um, comprised in the market, I mean, I think it speaks for itself. We're gonna we're, you're gonna see a raucous atmosphere not only in T-Mobile Arena to tonight, but I would imagine, um, and I'm not down there yet. I'm on my way to you know down there uh, shortly, uh, but I imagine T-Mobile uh, T-Mobile Toshiba Plaza is gonna be just an electric place. <laughs> I think, especially if the Golden Knights win, you're gonna see electricity up and down um, the Las Vegas Strip, and it just kind of again speaks to the foothold. Um, that they've developed here, and it certainly—I mean—that winning is is a, a huge part of that, right, KT? I mean, there—you mentioned at the top some of the teams that have tradition and whatnot. Well, the, the Knights are—I mean—a Stanley Cup championship uh, paired with another final, paired with some deep playoff runs. I mean, they—they they have established a, a culture here just in six uh, short years of being one of those top franchises, and a, a Stanley Cup certainly would put the cherry on top of that. It would put the cherry on top of Bill Foley's vision for this team when he brought it. Um, to Las Vegas, you hear, you know, you hear cup and six, you know, kind of being the punchline, the, um, the trademark line, the catchphrase that, that has been going around the team, you know, since he brought it here and he's, you know, he stood by that. So might not take, take six games. They have an opportunity, um, to close it out in five and, and we'll see what happens. I, as, you know, even though there's a closeout opportunity, obviously the Golden Knights, you don't want to extend this series. You don't want it to go as long as it has to. This is not a must win game for the Golden Knights. It is for the Florida Panthers. So the desperation that they've, showed at various times that they've been able to channel throughout the course of the postseason. Uh, the, they're going to do everything that they can in their power to channel that once more tonight. So it's going to require uh, a top effort from the Golden Knights, I think, no matter what, uh, to put a team like Florida away, despite how the series has gone, despite how dominant they've been for a majority of the series. Uh, the, the series isn't over until one team gets to four. The Golden Knights aren't there yet. So uh, definitely expecting, again, a, a really enthusiastic 
um, crowd that has invested six years with this team and has a chance to kind of see everything come full circle tonight. No doubt about it. And of course, Miami Heat going down last night, but gave the Denver Nuggets all they want as an eight seed. Florida Panthers, of course, taking out the Boston Bruins, who had lapped the rest of the NHL league as far as in the regular season, then take out Toronto. And what a nip and tuck series with Carolina. Yeah, they won four games to none, but Carolina could have easily won all four of those games. And you kind of felt like the writing was on the wall after game one, four overtime loss there for the Hurricanes. But the Golden Knights, their fans, they were kind of in shock last year. Why? Because they were used to making the postseason. Didn't make it for the first time in their history. What happens? Boston does make it for the fifth straight time under Bruce Cassidy, but he's let go. Not good enough to just make the postseason there in Beantown. So he's out there. Mr. Foley says, you know what? This guy's got a pretty good track record. Let's give him a shot. He comes in, replaces DeBoer. And what a phenomenal season, again, within one game of winning the whole enchilada. Talk to me about the difference you feel Bruce Cassidy has brought that maybe Pete DeBoer and Gerard Gallant did not. Yeah, I just think it's uh, he's brought just kind of the perfect balance of like accountability and, and framework and structure. You know, he's never been hesitant to, to give honest critiques of, of where the team is playing. But at the same time, um, there is a freedom that, that these guys are allowed to play within. And I think when you take a look at just kind of their free-flowing nature of their offense, especially in the postseason. They, you know, had their struggles at various times during the regular season, but almost 3.8 goals per game throughout the course of the postseason is really, really good. And, and there's there's depth uh, across all four lines, across the defenseman pairings. Uh, there's offense that comes from unlikely spots. And there's just kind of an, a, an ease to, to the locker room. There's a lot of, I think, veteran leadership inside the locker room. He, he, he inherited uh, an experienced team, and it was just kind of the right voice at the right time to get everybody to play together and, uh, you know, understand their responsibilities and their roles and whatnot, but also give the players the creative freedom to, to express themselves on the ice. So it's, it's just been, it's made all the, all the world of difference. And, and of course, uh, you know, talent helps too, right? The Golden Knights, I mean, again, they were obviously talented the last few years, but this is going into the season, I think the most talented iteration of the team that they had you have jack eichel with his legs under him and we've seen how valuable he's been of course throughout the course of the season but how he's played in his first you know stanley cup playoffs what he's brought into the table i think certainly in contention although it seems like this jonathan march so likely um the winner if if for the consmites if the golden knights hang on but jack eichel's had his moment so it's been a mix of all kind of the right things i think talent depth experience and then you, you touched on it bruce cassidy just providing the right voice the right touch the right balance, again, with frameworks uh, that the Golden Knights can succeed within that provides structure and accountability while also understanding that, look, at the end of the day, it's about the players, uh, especially at the highest of levels, um, and, and the players have delivered. This team has had a loose feel to it. Um, the, the chemistry has been fantastic. There's a, there's a selfless nature that they've had, and I think that the results have played out for themselves where you have uh, line four lines that are capable of scoring at every, at every different point, and the way this team has rallied around a goaltender, that pretty much came out of nowhere. You know, to do what he's doing in Aiden Hill. So it's been a it's been a heck of a run for the Knights. Um, you know, so far, and, and, and Bruce Cassidy definitely been a, a key part, just finding the right voice to strike that balance. Ken Thompson, SportsX Radio, in for the Doctor TC Martin, the TC Martin Show, right here, KSHP AM fourteen hundred on the line. The guest line is, of course, Sam Gordon from the Las Vegas Review Journal. Sam on his way to the Fortress, looking forward to a Golden Knight potential clinching victory. You mentioned Jonathan Marchessault, one of the originals, and of course, coming from that Florida Panthers roster, Jack Eichel, Mark Stone, those three guys with better than 20 points thus far. Chandler 
Ramondre Stevenson, 19 in the postseason. And then Aiden Hill, you mentioned in between the pipes coming in, replacing Brassois when he goes down and a goals against 2.11. Very impressive. Bobrovsky, on the other hand, for Florida, two and a half goals a game as he has kind of floundered a little bit in the last several games. But your take overall as far as Aiden Hill, if he pitched a shutout tonight, would that elevate him to potentially winning that con Smythe? I mean, I think you certainly ha- he certainly has to be, you know, in consideration, even if he doesn't, even if he just stands on his head again in a 2-1, you know, 3-1 kind of victory, 3-2. I mean, there's been – you need at, at the highest of levels, right, you need a number of things to come together to win a championship in, in, in any sport. And in hockey, you need elite goaltending. And the Golden Knights, you know, for all the talent they have, uh, for all the depth they have on their offense, for, for the talent they have uh, in front of Aiden Hill on their blue line, uh, he has bailed them out, you know, continuously with spectacular save after spectacular save. And one thing I think really unique, KT, is there's there's definitely starting, and you know, my colleague Ed Graney kind of touched on this atop the cup uh, with a column in the Review Journal. But uh, there's there are Mark Andre Fleury vibes with with Aiden Hill. He's definitely become uh, a fan favorite, somebody that's won over the affection of the fan base, and consistently now in both games, you know, both games of the Stanley Cup Final, uh, getting the loudest pop amongst players introduced. So. Um, they've, they've really taken a, you know, the fan base here has really taken a liking to him. He has, I think, a very relatable story as a guy that bounced around a little bit and was in the right place at the right time and is making the most, uh, of his opportunities. So he's, they, they don't win. I mean, they're not in this position. They haven't won the cup yet. They're not in this position leading 3-1, uh, and one game, one victory away from their potentially the first Stanley Cup in franchise history in six short years without his contributions, without what he's been able, um, to do with between the pipes. I mean, again, so many spectacular saves, timely saves, uh, and just a real intangible quality um, given his relationship with the crowd. I think these guys, uh, the guys playing around him, it's, it's a very selfless group uh, with, with the Golden Knights that you don't get here without that kind of selfless nature. And his teammates have definitely rallied around what he's doing in between the pipes. So it's been an incredible, I, I think, a really you know cool story for him. Uh, and, and the, again, the job's not quite finished. He's going to take one more performance, but I'm with you, Casey. I think he definitely has to be uh, in the conversation. And, and even if he doesn't win the Conn Smythe, like for, for Golden Knights fans and maybe hockey fans at large, to have a goaltender come out of, you know, more or less come out of nowhere like this and, and, and play the way he has, uh, you can't tell the story without, again, job's not finished. But if they finish the deal, you're not going to be able to tell the story about the 22 23 Golden Knights without, you know, talking about Aiden Hill and the role he's played. He's been fantastic uh, and a key reason why they're in this position. There is no doubt. As we finish up with Sam Gordon, and Sam, the only vibe as far as the flower, Marc-Andre Fleury, that we don't want Aiden Hill to kind of copy. Well, of course, if you folks did not know, 36 of 37 NHL teams having a 3-1 series lead in the Stanley Cup Finals have gone on to win. The only team that did not, the 2009 Penguins... Their goalie, mm-hmm. Mark Andre Fleury. So that is just a little food for facts. So that's the only thing we don't want to follow as far as uh, uh, that Mark Andre Fleury vibe, like you were talking about, because he has been that guy in between the pipes. I used to call Mark Andre Fleury Cirque du Soleil on ice because just the acrobatics that this guy did. It was like unbelievable some of the saves. But you're right, Aiden Hill. What I love about him is he might not have the size like Leonard. He's not as wide as Leonard. Uh, not the walrus kind of from the Geico commercial sitting in the net, but never really seems to get flustered on a one-on-one. He holds his ground, even when the uh, opposing uh, shot 
uh, shooter is right there, uh, straight on. He kind of holds his ground and he has been outstanding on a lot of one on nobody or two on nobody situations, which is very impressive for somebody that doesn't have that much experience at this level. So on the biggest stage, he has stepped up big time. Yeah, no question about it. And for the better part of this entire postseason now, right? I mean, you're not, you're not beating him with softies, right? The, the shots that he does allow for the most part. Uh, is great team execution and great individual shot making. And that's part of, again, that's, these are the best players in the world. That's part of hockey at the highest of levels. So from, from what they've asked him to do, and again, just kind of the momentum this team has built uh, as the playoff show goes on uh, and uh, as they've continued, uh, he's just gotten better and better. And, and again, a bigger and bigger part of, of what they do. He's had to, I mean, again, it's, it hasn't been Florida's best series by any means, but there's a couple situations. I mean, early on in game two, right? Going back to that stops an early breakaway and if he doesn't maybe you're looking at an entirely different game altogether because of how a goal can you know initiate tactical changes kind of the butterfly effect nature of, of hockey or, or sports led revolve around goals like soccer as well so he's been outstanding uh, I, I think there's no doubt I mean given you know there they there is a contract situation with him coming up right he's going to be an unrestricted free agent and it, we're, we're like how can you not bring him back uh, and just kind of figure out a way to make it work despite kind of the logjam they have after what he showcased. It's been, a, a, again, a stellar performance. And, and like you said, it's not just, you know, the power play situations. It's not just, you know, when everybody's playing well in front of him. He's, he's stepped up when he's been in on, on an island and made some uh, tremendous saves. And, again, has been as, as key of a piece in this entire run as, as anybody else altogether. So um, what, one more victory is required. I'm expecting Florida – uh, to, 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 to play really well tonight, to come out with their hair on fire and kind of give everything that they have. And it would not shock me one bit if this series goes back to Florida um, for game six. Obviously, you know, the Knights want to close it out tonight. But like you mentioned, you know, the Cups in the building, it's the biggest game of, you know, a majority of these players have ever played in. Uh, the, given the, the general, you know, not a ton of championship experience on the roster. So, uh, it'll be a it'll be massive game tonight, and and we'll see how it goes one way or the other. All right, Sam. A minute thirty. I'm going to go rapid fire because in Vegas we always have the game within the game, right? All right. So yep. Knights to me basically have been correlated to Knights in the over, and we know once they hit that magic number of three, they're pretty much unbeatable. Your take tonight? Would you lay two to one for the Knights to win, or would you look at the goal line minus one and a half plus one fifty? But that's a great question, KT. But I got to stay away from all. The, I got to stay away altogether. I have no idea what's going to happen tonight, given the unpredictable nature of this Florida Panthers team. That being said, I mean, just kind of taking a look at the track record, the Golden Knights are getting better chances. They're getting chances more consistently, and they've been scoring almost four, you know, like three point eight goals per game throughout the course of the playoffs. They've played twenty one games, so this is a sustained month and a half long heater that they've been on. Offensively, you got depth uh, throughout. Again, across your across your various lines, you have scoring from your blue line. Uh, pretty much anybody at any time can, can, has has been able to find the back of the net. You never kind of know where the offense is coming from. So that's that's the best I can do there. Um, it, 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 I I have no idea what's going to happen. I do think Florida is going to come out with their best effort, but if the Golden Knights do as well. Their A game has consistently been better than Florida's throughout the course of the series. And I know Coach Paul Maurice has been very by the vest, not letting anybody know. Matthew Kachuk, how much he will play if he does play tonight. He's a gamer. I, I think if the guy can skate at all, he'll be out there. How effective will he be? We don't know. Have you heard anything at all? They've definitely played that close to the vest, but I would be stunned. I'm with you, Casey. I'd be stunned if, if somebody of his magnitude, a player of his ilk, of his caliber, what he means 
just intangibly. Like maybe it's maybe he can't give you a ton, but it's the Willis Reed kind of thing. He's primed um, for a moment like that. He's been very quiet in this series. It's not over yet. Uh, if he can, if he can walk, I, I, he's definitely going to be skating tonight. I expect him to see him out there in the lineup. At by Sam Gordon, follow this man on Twitter. Follow his work in the Review Journal. He is outstanding. All sports, just love this guy. Sam, you're the best, man. Have a great time. Enjoy the game, and let's hoist that cup, my man. Talk to you soon. Appreciate it, Casey. You enjoy the game as well. Talk soon. Take care. There you go. Sam Gordon, Las Vegas Review Journal. First segment in the books, T.C. Martin Show. The doctor is not in. KT is in. Keep it right here. We're coming right back. You're listening to the T.C. Martin Show on KSHP. Now, back to more of Las Vegas's favorite sports madman, the doctor, T.C. Martin. All right, good to go now. The Dr. Nodding, KT sitting in, SportsX Radio host in Vegas now 20 years in the making, but uh, always an honor to sit in for somebody that's a legend in their own mind, and that, of course, T.C. Martin. He's going to enjoy that game tonight at the Fortress, and we are as well looking forward to it. The whole city pretty much clad in black and gold right now, and it is awesome. I mean, I literally I went into the bank, looked every employee if they weren't wearing a Golden Knights jersey, they had some type of hat, some type of shirt. I mean, it is unbelievable. And there's some great places to get your Golden Knights gear all around town. And a lot of those folks that are owners of those establishments are chomping at the bit because if the Golden Knights win it, that means a lot more merchandise going to go in and out of those doors or online. So we are looking forward to the Golden Knights taking care of business. Wayne Krivsky is my next guest on the T.C. Martin Show and for those that know SportsX Radio or know Wayne Krivsky, his background, Major League Baseball, better than four decades, including general manager position there with the Cincinnati Reds. He's a graduate of Duke and not happy that his Dukies lost to Virginia in Charlottesville in that regional there. They had a 1-0 lead, I believe, and uh, then lost the next two games to the boys from Charlottesville, a rival, of course. But nonetheless, uh, they still at least gave it a go. Kriv, I know you're not happy about that. We're going to get into baseball but you have made Vegas your choice to live over the last couple of years. You're like, you know what? I like this place. I'm going to hang here. And then you meet, you know, jokers in the industry like Matt Humans and some of the other characters. Uh, you've been on their shows. But it's great for you now to call Vegas your home because people are also, you know, in your life texting you going, hey, what's it like? Vegas Golden Knights got a chance to wrap it up. So before we touch on any baseball, how cool is it that you pick the city of Las Vegas to live, knowing that the Golden Knights can wrap up their first Stanley Cup tonight. Yeah, hey, Ken, good to be with you. I I, uh, I kind of pinch myself every day that I'm living here, and uh, I'm really enjoying it. Met a lot of great people in the media. You mentioned Matt and yourself, of course, and others, and uh, a lot of people down there at Circa, Mike Palm, Derek Stevens. I could go on and on, but I, I love it here. It's really exciting for the city to see the Knights uh, on the verge of... Uh, uh, getting the cup. I, I'm looking forward to the game a lot. I'm going to watch it with some friends and a uh, little watch party uh, a couple miles from where I live. So I'm looking forward to that. And uh, I'm really happy I made it my home. I've got some good, I had some good friends out here from the get go. So that helped with the move. And uh, I'm really enjoying it big time. Yeah, no doubt. As I look at the line right now, because we talk about the game within the game, Vegas at the Westgate Superbook minus 200 to make 100. 
five and a half shaded to the over minus 130. So that means if you think there'll be more than five and a half goals, then you have to lay 130 to win 100. On the take side, coming back, if you play less than five and a half, you'd get plus money. Criv, what's your feeling? Because I know it's going to be a ruckus atmosphere. You know Vegas does hockey like nobody else. And it's crazy because yeah. there's so many teams that have those traditions. But Vegas is a city like none other. And when you have the entertainment, and I was joking about Marc-Andre Fleury being the Cirque du Soleil guy on ice with his acrobatics. I mean, we have those shows here. We have those entertainers. And so when you go around and you watch the way that everything is choreographed. It is the most amazing atmosphere in all the NHL, even though Vegas is a relatively new team, an expansion team six years ago. What's your take as far as the game tonight? If you had to bet it, if I said, Criv, here's a thousand, you can either bet it to make 500 on Vegas straight up. You can lay the goal and a half at plus 150. You can play the total. You can play that over five and a half or under five and a half. What bet does Wayne Krivsky make? I'm not much of a hockey better, Ken, as you know, but if it's your money, uh, I, I like Vegas tonight. Uh, I get, but I hate, you know, in a lot of ways, that's going to be the popular play. Uh, like I said, I'm not a hockey better. I have fun with some of the other sports. I did play one of the games in this series, and uh, I thought Florida would win, uh, what was it, game when they went back there. The third game, I so I, I was a loser. Oh no, I won that game. Went overtime, right? Four to one, game three. That's right. I won that game. I thought they'd get that game at home, but I'm dodging your question, Ken, because I'm I. Uh, well, part of me thinks it'll be a defensive game, you know, close to the best kind of game. But the, but uh, the Knights have been so explosive, especially at home scoring goals. I, I just don't have a feel for it. I'm really looking forward to watching it. Uh, I know I'm hedging on your question, and that's not my style, but uh, I, I feel like I'm a little out of my element betting on hockey. That's all right. The way you've been hitting your golf plays on your futures, I'll give you a mulligan, Krivsky. Not that you need it. But real quick, I think correlation. If Vegas wins, I think it goes over because Florida will be in desperation. And even if they're down two goals, no matter what the score, they'll pull the goalie. Who cares? They're going to yeah. play. doesn't matter if you lose 5-1-6-1, you know, 5-2-6-2. Two, two, doesn't much matter. I'm thinking Vegas will uh, cover the goal and a half, and the game will go over. That's my personal feeling. Okay. There I is. Hope, I hope. Well, I was going to say there. If you play again, yeah, I, I uh, those unders are a little precarious here with the pulling the goalie and everything, uh, and that that could well be the case. Yeah, and then we've got will either team score in the first five minutes? And I think really you can set the stage as far as four and over if there is an early goal. And we've seen several games start with early goals. And if Vegas gets that first goal early, they can really get the crowd into the game. And I think if they ever get a two-goal lead somewhere along the line before the middle of the third period, that they're just going to open things up. Florida will start doubting themselves. And again, if the effectiveness, if he plays at all, if Matthew Kachuk is not there. It's going to put a lot of pressure on some of the other guys like Carter Verhage and Barkoff and Bennett and Montour and Reinhardt. And Duclair is going to play tonight. He has been listed as probable. We were not sure about him. But these guys need to step up and force of course former uh, Vegas Golden Knight Nick Cousins. But then you look at the Vegas Golden Knights themselves. This team 
led by one of those so-called misfits from back in the day. There's still six of them there on the squad. Jonathan March or so. He's got 24 points, including 13 goals. Now, Eichel's got 23 points, only six goals, but 17 assists. And he has been very unselfish. Mark Stone stepping it up. And of course, the Mark Stone play of plays where his stick gets broken, checks the guy on his way to grabbing a stick from the uh, bench there and then getting an assist on a goal by Stevenson later in one of the games, which was huge. And so those three guys, Chandler Stevenson also has stepped up. Barbashev, a guy that not many people knew about, he has stepped up. William Carlson, one of the old misfits, he is around. Riley Smith, who will be captaining that softball team when they play the Raiders, I believe, next month. That's always a fun event for the city of Las Vegas. But Aiden Hill between the pipes has been stellar, and Brassois went down. But it has been that next man up mentality for the Vegas Golden Knights in between the pipes, and everybody has answered the bell. So Wayne Krivsky, glad what? I could at least touch base with you as far as the uh, as far. Yeah, as let me ask you this. Let me ask you this question, Ken. Don't you think Florida has to score or score first goal and have any kind of chance tonight? If they get behind early, it's it's going to be. I don't know if they can if that if they can come back. See, that's, a, that's yeah, that's a question to me. When you ask me that, I always come back with this type qu- answer: they've got to score one of the first two goals because uh-huh. if Vegas scored, say Vegas scored three minutes in, but then Florida counters five minutes later and it's one-one. Florida's where they need to be. And they have the momentum because they've deflated the crowd a little bit that was anticipating that second goal to be for Vegas as well and the onslaught to start. So if you can kind of, yeah. yeah. So uh, same thing, you know, people ask me that. Oh, what about the first score in this college football game? I'm like, no, they've got to get the first two scores. In other words, that's why I said if Vegas gets a two goal lead somewhere along the line before the 10 minute mark of the third period, I think it'll be over. But again, I think there's a, I think there's a bit of an analogy here too, Ken, with the, uh... They've been such a Cinderella story, much like the Miami Heat and the NBA. And it's, at some point, I think the team that was such an underdog to begin with, they get they get to the finals and they kind of run out of gas. They've they've had such great comebacks against the Bruins and then beating Toronto and and Carolina. I guess at some point, I think they just run out of steam. And if if they're not at full strength tonight, it's going to be tough for them to win. Yeah, you know what? You make a good point. And, uh, by the way, prayers with those that were wounded in that Denver shooting after the Nuggets win the NBA title. What a travesty that is. I mean, can a city not just, you know, party peacefully and everybody get along? I mean, come on. This is just crazy stuff that happens, but there's always a few bad apples. So we don't want to ruin it for everybody else. But you go back to that game last night with the Miami Heat coming to play. In Denver, got down seven points early, 15 to eight. And a lot of people there in Denver are like, Oh, that's it. We're going to pour it on now. We're going to blow this team out. Next thing you know, seven point lead at halftime for the Miami Heat, still a one point lead going into the fourth quarter. And then when they got down seven with four minutes to go, they come back again. They cut it to one. They have a chance. Jimmy Butler, as well as he's played throughout the entire playoffs, Wayne, he throws the yeah. ball to the wrong guy and then complicates it when they're down three with 15 seconds on the shot clock taking one of the most moronic shots from deep that he did not need to take, and that kind of sealed the fate there for the Miami Heat, who did cover the game, but the Denver Nuggets win it in five, so they are the champions. So I get it. Maybe running out of gas. We'll see. And, of course, with the leader, Matthew Kachuk, not 100% or close to it, 
they'll be up against it and we'll see how things pan out. Let's turn our attention to baseball. Wayne, you're big as far as in the major league circuit and of course the college baseball. You played your college ball at Duke and, uh, let's go back Wayne Krivsky resume style for those folks on TC Martin show that may not know Wayne Krivsky. You've got an extensive background in the show, as they call it, major league baseball. And of course, elevating yourself to that general manager position back in the early 2000s with the Cincinnati Reds. Wayne, little background for you on how difficult it was for you to get into the game and then stay in the show by doing all different types of things, but a lot of scouting. And you did that for a long, long time at a very high level. Yeah, Ken, I, uh, I was in the game 41 years, as you mentioned, and uh, 39 of them were in some type of scouting, whether it was scouting for the draft or in the professional ranks in the major leagues. I scouted the National League for about uh, 13, 14 years with the Twins, uh, at, at some before I became GM of the Reds and some after, and I, I really enjoyed that part of it. I, really, I also really liked the draft. Uh, it took a connection for me to get in the game originally. My dad happened to know the owner of the Rangers, and that got me in the door. And I, I, I just appreciate that I started at the bottom, selling season tickets, making phone calls, being a salesman uh, in charge of group sales. And also I ran the radar gun at night behind home plate. We were one of the early teams there in 1977. The Rangers had a radar gun that's not calibrated like the one now. It was uh, – it was the lower setting. It's a little technical. But anyway, we, they had a gun at the ballpark, and I ran it to track of all the velocities of all the pitchers in, in the American League at that time and kept an index index file, index card for every pitcher, much like you do with your uh, college football, Ken. So old school with the index card and the file and, and keeping records for the scouting department. And then I got a big break in 1979. Uh, Hal Keller, the scouting and farm director, uh, left the club a little bit. He was upset with one of the moves ownership was making, trading away young players, and he'd had enough. Well, that was actually it was a trade. Dave Rigetti was traded to the Yankees from the Rangers in about 11 player trade. Joe Klein was his assistant, moved up to take the head job. And, and Joe, I was ready to take a step out of baseball and look for something else after two years. And Joe, uh, Knew I knew I played, knew I enjoyed the draft, and we, he and I had a lot of baseball conversations. And he gave me, he took a flyer on a 24-year-old uh, kid out of Duke that uh, was just salivating to get into the baseball department. And, and he gave me that chance, and that that kind of gave me new life, so to speak. And uh, uh, became a GM after 29 years in the game. It's, I paid my dues. I learned a lot. I I learned people who I would hire and who I might not hire. I was in a much better position to have some success in Cincinnati because of the network I had established over those years. And out in the field scouting, whether it was amateur or pro players, it really, it really was a huge benefit to me. And, uh, but I owe it all to Joe Klein giving me that big break, uh, to get into scouting and farm department in 1979. Yeah, that is absolutely special. Now, as you talk about, you know, recalibration with these radar guns. Maybe I did have a legal excuse back in the day in California <laughs> when I got those first two speeding tickets for the love of God, yeah. that the calibration was off. I need to go back. I think statute of limitations yeah. has run out there, Crib. Anyway, before there's we quite, get in- there's quite a bit of, yeah, there's quite a bit of difference in the technology now, but nevertheless, uh, 
it's it's all you're comparing apples to apples now, and but you can't compare old time velocities to now because different guns were used. Uh, so uh, it was a different deal back then. Yeah, no matter what, I'll still take my chances that Nolan Ryan was well over the uh, three digits there when he was firing those fastballs, and you were around that man for a lot of your career. But uh, golf, you're big time into golf, so we're going to talk <laughs> baseball. But you are you're you're a you're a you like to have fun. You love the sport. Yeah. And so you pick and choose. You don't listen to too many people, but you look, you pick and choose players that you followed. And you have hit an 82 to one, an 80 to one. And last week, 66 to one on Nick Taylor, who becomes the first Canadian, I think, to, since 1954 to win the, uh, yeah. RBC Canadian Open. I mean, Criv. You're buying, man. For the love of God, you're on a freaking roll, man. Stop betting baseball and let's just bet golf together. I'll give you some cash, pal. Oh man, I don't know, Ken. It's amazing. I I just decided to take five Canadian golfers in the tournament, being that it was the Canadian Open, and I I really didn't realize until the tournament started that no Canadian had won it in almost seventy years. So I took Nick Taylor, who ultimately won it. I took uh, Mackenzie Hughes, uh, Taylor Pendrith. Adam Hadwin and and Corey Connors. I really had the most faith in Connors going into it, but I had seen Taylor play in a double a, a team competition in New Orleans, and he and his partner, I think it was Hadwin, the two Canadians were a team that weekend. And I've had a blast watching golf. I just use the eye test. I follow it. I watch it every weekend. Not every not every hole or anything like that, but I I, I jump in and follow it, and I I kind of watch the line movement on some of these guys when they come out on Monday. And I just decided to take five Canadians. Maybe I hit on one of them. And, and uh, I think Taylor was the third best odds of the three. I think uh, Pendrith was the best. And and uh, Mackenzie Hughes didn't make the cut, was second. But I but I also had Fleetwood, so I was in a good position in the playoff. Uh, you mentioned earlier, Ken, I do listen to a couple of the Golf handicappers, I, I, I've learned to respect here. Wes Reynolds, Matt Humans being two of them. And uh, Jeff Seeley is another one who's a uh, guest on season. And I, I listen to those guys. I come up with my own. I kind of mix and match. And, I, I, and I, uh, <laughs> I've had some nice luck here lately. So uh, let's hope it continues for the U.S. Open. Let's do that, but let's uh, jump over real quick to College World Series. I know you're bummed out that the Dukies didn't get past Virginia. Virginia is in the same bracket with TCU, upstart Oral Roberts, who's won 23 of their last 24 games, and Florida, the boys from Gainesville, the number two overall seed in the country going into the regionals back when TCU was the only team I bet, Kriv, just because they had taken out Arkansas so demonstratively in Fayetteville that I was like, my gosh, this team is going to take care of business in Fort Worth against Indiana State, who is a very good college team out of Terre Haute, Larry Bird's alma mater. They did get past Indiana State in two games. Oral Roberts had to go three games and come back for one game down to knock off Oregon in Eugene. Florida, not a problem. They take care of business at home. Uh, Texas Tech actually did win a game from them. And then Virginia coming back and beating Duke after spotting the Dukies a uh, 1-0 lead. Your take on that side of the bracket, TCU, Oral Roberts, Florida, or Virginia, who gets to the finals? I haven't watched a lot of it, Ken. I was open with that, but I think I was leaning to Florida from what I've heard. Uh, Oral Roberts is a real nice story. They That was a hell of a tournament in Oregon. A lot of comfort behind games, and uh, I think 
Oh, Roberts had an 8 nothing lead in this game, too, that would have clinched it, and Oregon came back and beat them 9-8, and then Oregon won game three. Uh, or, no, I'm sorry, Oh, Roberts won game three. Right. So that, so that was a big upset. I guess I kind of like Florida on that side. I'm not an expert in college baseball, but uh, uh, it seemed like they handled South Carolina pretty easily. Uh, I, I think I would lean that way. Uh, are you going to go to the other side of the bracket? Yes, I'm going to go. Uh, going to go. Going to go to the other side in just a sec. Okay. But, but I just I want to correct you there. As far as Oral Roberts had that eight nothing lead in game one, they blew that oh, game. Four. Oregon beat them in game one, but then Oral Roberts showed a lot of character by coming back and winning the next two games in Eugene oh, okay. to advance. You're right. Okay. So what bra- a way for- bracket two. Bracket two. Wake Forest, the number one team in the country, and they were. Unbelievable against Alabama, just pummeled the number 16 team in the country and a very solid team that played, of course, that SEC schedule. But Wake Forest buried them, including 22 to five in the last game. They will take on Stanford, who was the beneficiary of the lights. And of course, Stanford being up in the Bay Area, and we remember the song Lights by Journey. My goodness, those lights got in the eyes of the right fielder (laughs) and the center fielder there last night for the Texas Longhorns. And the Horns had come back from 6-3 down to tie the game, but they lose on what we would call a Texas leaguer. I mean, one where it falls in the outfielder, but nobody, nobody could get to it. Only in this case, they could have gotten to it. They just never saw it off the bat. They lost both the center fielder and right fielder with two outs and a man on second lost the ball in the lights game winning run comes into score and Stanford advances Stanford good solid pitching as well out of the Pac-12 so Wake Forest will take on Stanford in that first game and in their bracket two other SEC teams LSU and Tennessee so Wake Forest Stanford LSU Tennessee does anybody beat Wake Forest uh, I think the team that might have a chance would be Tennessee uh, Ken you know last year they were the overwhelming favorite to, to run away with the thing, and they and they got beat. Uh, I, I think they're a little bit on a mission this year. I, they've got some good-looking pitching. A couple guys are going to go high in the draft. But as you mentioned, Wake Forest has just been hitting. They got they're one through nine. They got home run power throughout their lineup. They're going to be tough to beat, but they, they got to go up against Stanford. You mentioned it, Ken. They've got strong pitching staff. I have a feeling. I don't know. I think Tennessee might – this side of the bracket to me is much stronger than the other side. I'm surprised they don't reseed these teams. They they start with a bracket before the Super Regionals, and they stay with it. I, I thought they – I think that's something rather new. I don't – they didn't always do that, but it's kind of a new concept. They started maybe a couple of years ago. I like this side of the bracket better. I think Tennessee has a chance here, but – Wake Forest has got those bats, and they've got a couple pitchers, too. It's, this side is really interesting, and it, it could go any which way here. All four of these teams are very strong. Okay, so Ken Thompson, SportsX Radio, sitting in for T.C. Martin. My show, of course, is 8 to 10 p.m., but T.C. Martin show 2 to 4 p.m. So I don't have to worry about overnights. I can get into the games that are going to take off and start in about an hour and 15 minutes from now or a couple hours from now, just depending on which game. So, Crib, I'm going to throw some games at you for today. What about Alex Cobb, San Francisco at St. Louis? Jack Flaherty has pitched outstanding ball his last three games, but this Cardinal team is just mired in mediocrity at the at best right now. A little money coming at the Westgate Superbook. Flaherty minus 110, nine the total. And I know the Giants are playing much better team ball than the Cardinals, but I want to take a shot at uh, Flaherty to stop the bleeding for the Redbirds. Where are you on this one? Yeah. 
Yeah, I'm leaning Cardinals on this one too, Ken. I like the way Flaherty's been throwing the ball the last three starts. Cobb was off to a good start. He stumbled a little bit the last couple. Cardinals off a loss last night. Giants used their better relievers, including their closer, to close out last night. I'm really I'm perplexed by this Cardinals team. There's there's something there's been something amiss on this team from the beginning of the year, starting with some of the managerial decisions in the dugout. Uh, I don't know what's going on. I don't think they have enough pitching to go very far if they get to the postseason. But tonight I lean to Flaherty, and I, I would take the Cardinals tonight. All right, so we got about three and a half minutes, so I'm going to have to go rapid fire. Pittsburgh in the Cubbies, Ortiz the lefty against Jamison Tyon going against his old squad. Right now, Tyon minus 126.9 the total. Who do you like? Yeah, I passed on this one, Ken. I, uh, Tyon has, has not really gotten it together yet. He's pitching against his old team. I, I guess if you pin me down, I'd, I'd lean Cubs, but I'm passing. No, that's okay. Zach Wheeler for Philly against the red-hot Arizona Diamondbacks, who have won six in a row, and they are in first place. They are just playing outstanding ball, and they got the fans down there in Arizona who know the Cardinals are going to suck in the NFL this year unless something transpires before training camp's over. But they're looking at this Diamondbacks team as a team to be reckoned with, and I agree with it. Zach Wheeler, however, is pitching really well for Philly. They're minus 138 on the road to try and break that snake winning streak. Who do you like in this one? Zach Davies on the hill for the Snakes, nine the total. Yeah, I lean to Philly here. I would pair them up maybe with the Cardinals in a parlay and that might pay back, you know, two to one or something like that. And I'm not, I'm not afraid of Zach Davies. Big emotional win for them last night. They're playing great. But I think Wheeler can slow him down tonight. All right, real quick. American League, just three games because a ton of interleague games. Toronto's at Baltimore. It's Bassett and Kramer. Kramer is a dog in this game, and Bassett is minus 118. He's pitched well of late, eight and a half the total. Angels are at Texas. Barria against Bradford. Bradford for the Rangers, minus 149 and a half the total. And Tampa, who got beat by the surging Oakland Maybe soon to be Las Vegas A's. We don't know right now, as there's a lot of stuff up in the air money-wise. But it is Beaks for Tampa, who starts and is not someone we expect to go more than a couple innings. Uh, he's minus 220 against the Oakland A's. Anything on those three games, Crib? I'm not doing anything with with all three, Ken. I, uh, I passed those three. I, I'm not... Uh... Okay. Good, good enough. Uh, yeah. That's good enough to get out. Atlanta, they come off the loss. They blew a four nothing and five one lead last night. Lost in extras to Detroit. Uh, they are minus two seventy with Strider, who got lit up like a pinball machine the first time and the only time this year. He's in Detroit against Reese Olson, minus two seventy and a battle of New York. And of course, KT being a Mets fan, but Max Scherzer to me, no way should be minus one sixty. I know Severino's not pitching well, but the Yankees are playing better ball than the Mets, so I just can't lay one sixty. I. Th- think the Mets can still win, but I just don't want to lay that type of price. Seven and a half your total. Anything on those two? Atlanta, Detroit, Mets, Yankees. Yeah, I like the Braves. I'm going to pass on uh, on the Mets and Yankees. I agree with you. I don't want to lay that with Scherzer. Severino's been unreliable. I, I'll be putting the Braves with somebody. Maybe the next game in the Red Sox. The Red Sox to bounce back and a big favorite. All right, Red Sox with Crawford, minus 239 the total against Anderson. Milwaukee with Burns, who's pitching outstanding at Minnesota against Lopez. Twins have trouble scoring. I'd look Milwaukee there. Uh, Cincinnati with Williams against Lyles there for Kansas City. And it is right now Cincinnati minus 116. Kriv only got 30 seconds. We talked about Kirby minus 150 against Miami Cabrera. Probably too steep a price. Nothing there. I think I would, I, I'd take a shot with Seattle here. I think the Marlins could do for a little bit of a callback uh, with how they're playing. I, I would think about putting Seattle maybe with the Dodgers or uh, 
or San Diego. I think Musgrove over uh, over at B-Bay with Cleveland. Cleveland's offense doesn't scare me. I I, I would lean uh, San Diego and, and Seattle in those two of those later games. All right. I love a, a producer like Numchuck. He just let me know, KT, relax, man. I got you two more minutes, man. So I love this guy, man. He's just taking care of me over here on the TC Martin Show. All right. So, Crib, let me throw this one at you now. Uh Bibby there for Cleveland, Musgrove for the Padres. And again, you should be the Padres GM because you'd already have had Hosmer there and made some other moves. But the Padres with Musgrove, minus 167.5 from Petco. Can this team get out of its own way before they find themselves too far behind? Yeah, they're looking at uh, the wild card right at this point, I think. Uh, but yeah, they got enough talent on their team. They're going to have to make some moves at the deadline and, and help their pitching and maybe add a bat, too. All right, so, so White Sox, uh, Chicago, Bill wanted to know his Southsiders are at Chavez Ravine against Tony Gonsolin, who didn't have a good outing his last time. Lance Lynn on the hill. Gonsolin minus 199, the total from L.A. Today. Oh, you didn't know? Yeah. Yep. Are you, are you, are yeah, you yeah, there again? We're, we're still okay, here. Okay, yeah, yeah, I would lean towards the Dodgers here, put them in a parlay with somebody. I think they're coming back home off a tough road trip, off day to regroup. Gonsolin throws better, and Lance Lynn is uh, up so bad. He's not pitching well this year. I would lean Dodgers, but I put him in a parlay. I wouldn't lay 190 or $2. Great stuff from Wayne Krivsky, my man. Hope to see you in studio soon, and uh, I think you'll enjoy hanging out with T.C. Martin on the uh, Doctor's Show over here on KSHP as well. I'll make that introduction. Appreciate you big time, Kriv. We'll talk to you soon. Okay, have great, Ken. Have a great time at the Golden Knights watch party tonight, buddy. Go. Go Knights. Good luck, Ken. Thanks. There you go. Go Knights go, no doubt. Everybody will echo those sentiments here in Las Vegas. Unless you're from Florida and you're a Panthers fan. But that'll do it. We are uh, in the books here and uh, out of here. Numchuck taking care of business. It's the T.C. Martin Show. The doctor is not in. Ken Thompson is in. We'll be right back. Hour number two. You're listening to the T.C. Martin Show on KSHP AM 1400 Las Vegas. Live in the entertainment capital of the world. Slaves that drive. And he's down. And to the wall. Cruz is in. Pierce is in. Party around. He's going to try to score. And save. It's the T.C. Martin Show. Boat lines it into left field. A base hit. Cespedes will score. And the Oakland A's walk off with game two of the ALDS. It's time to get your daily prescription from the doctor, T.C. Martin. And Turner in the air, center field, that ball's hit well. Martinez on the run, this is way back, and it is gone! It is a walk-off home run for Justin Turner! The doctor is now in. Field, man, that's where KT would not be playing, not with my wheels. They put me in left field occasionally behind the plate if needed. But uh, it is Ken Thompson filling in for TC Martin here, the TC Martin Show, and you can stream the TC Martin Show, tcmartinshow.com. It is Monday through Friday, 2 p.m. to 4 p.m. And uh, TC does an outstanding job. Got to know him, and of course, he's the voice of the Las Vegas Aces, defending champion Las Vegas Aces. We're hoping to be able to say that soon, defending champion. Vegas Golden Knights. We'll see if that transpires tonight. But lots going on. TC will be back in studio tomorrow. It's had a little hiatus and uh, traveling around, but it was in transition from Northern Cal uh, back to Vegas, making sure that he would be at the Fortress tonight for what we hope will be the game-clinching game number five. And again, 
always appreciate filling in for TC and also appreciate him being guest on SportsX Radio as he has been many, many times. Going to get with my next guest, Christy Maria, in just a sec, but do want to uh, let you know that the line again on the game, and I use the Westgate Superbook lines, the line on the game tonight currently sitting at minus 200 for the Vegas Golden Knights, total five and a half between the two teams. The over has been played a little bit more, so you'll have to lay 130 to win 100 if you want to go over the five and a half total. You can lay that goal and a half. And last I saw, I believe it was plus 150. Might have dropped down to plus 140 on that. Uh, in fact, let me go real ch- quick and check and see what I have uh, to make sure it's accurate. And it is plus 140 right now, pretty much around town here in Vegas, a little lower some places, but at the Westgate Superbook right now, minus a goal and a half for the Vegas Golden Knights, plus 140. And uh, that is where we are at. And of course, getting into Major League Baseball with Wayne Krivsky. I'll do the same with Chris Maria. He's a big baseball player. <laughs> Covers Club Chris is how you follow Chris Maria on Twitter. He's a young, studly kid that just knows his stuff he's a syracuse kid he's good friends with tom viola thomas viola a good friend of mine as well a fellow jersey boy and and chris also a fellow jersey guy only he's south jersey so we we kind of know that they're really philly guys down there it's like ocean county for you jersey folks you know ocean county is the cutoff if they're ocean county from the middle and down south they're usually root for the philly fans if you take it up north from Ocean County, they're usually rooting for the New York squads. Christy Maria, great to have you on TC Martin's show, The Doctor Not In, but KT filling in, and always enjoy talking sports with Christy Maria. Hey, man, thank you so much for having me on. I'll, uh, I'm going to focus on the studly part. And less about the uh, you know the Philly badgering, but I appreciate you having me on, man. Um, you know it's uh, it's it's not easy right now being a being a Philly fan. So um, I'd just rather talk about you know MLB betting across the across the whole nation, across the whole league, so we can uh, we we can ignore the plight of the Phillies right now. If that's all right. <laughs> yeah, well, well, we could. Except I, I'm sure I'm going to get a text from your good pal Tom Thomas Viola, who's going to say, "Hey Grinch, where'd you come up with the Studley part? I mean, where did that come into play?" <laughs> Uh, he'll he'll bring that up, I'm sure. But you know what? You gotta you gotta you know compliment sandwich me a little bit. You know, you gotta make me feel good, and then you can you, know, you could jab me about being South Ocean County there. Yeah. So okay. So we grew up rooting for rivals. I mean, uh, I root, of course, for the New York Rangers my whole childhood and growing up. And as I tell the audience, and they know my horror stories of, of course, Dad telling me how great the 1940 New York Rangers team was. God rest his soul. But uh, you know, got tired of that, especially living in the area when an expansion team new york islanders team wins four stanley cups in a row and the rangers still nothing to show for anything in my lifetime until 1994 and mark messier helps the rangers get that cup haven't won one since then meanwhile philadelphia flyers they won back-to-back cups when i was a kid and i remember those broad street bullies under freddie shiro back-to-back cups where have they been as far as winning a cup in your lifetime, Christy Maria? I mean, they've been non-existent as well. So it's tough. We root for a couple of the older teams, Rangers being one of the original six, but the Flyers, one of those uh, bad boy teams that came in way back when and won a couple cups. But neither one of those teams really has done anything in the last half century. No, I mean, heck, we had, what, 2010 when the Flyers made it to the cup, and I still can't listen to Chelsea Dagger because of those Blackhawks. Uh, it still, still hurts me, you know, uh, and that's basically it. I mean, that's, that's basically the, you know, the most I've been able to, I've been able to cheer for. That was a great squad. 
I mean, back in the early 2000s, we had a fun crew to watch. But, yeah, my, my mom's the only one in the family because my dad grew up in North Jersey. He grew up in Patterson. So my mom's the only one in the family who's ever been able to really celebrate a Flyers championship. She got two in a row, and then, you know, nothing since. All right, so this is great. Numchuck just let me know that the Flyers have named Patrick Sharp to the position of special advisor to hockey operations for the Philadelphia Flyers. I mean, this is this is one of those Blackhawk guys. Wait, what do we have here? Oh, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, not good, Christy Maria. <laughs> there you go. Having a little fun at your expense on your uh, your Flyers. But talk to me a little bit about the Vegas Golden Knights because you've been here, you've transitioned, you did yeah. some work after getting out of college in the Tulsa area. You made Vegas your home. You enjoy the handicapping side of things, as we call it, the game within the game. But you enjoy sports in general. And this Vegas Golden Knights team, they're just a team that's easy to root for if you come from somewhere mm-hmm. else, especially an area where maybe your hockey team has kind of starved you of any comp, uh, competitive play over the last decade or so, <laughs> like you talked. We're no threat, man. We are no threat to those Knights for a while. Um, now, I, I tell you, it is it really is an easy team to root for. These guys, unselfish play just personified within this team. It is, I, when I first came here, my Tom Viola, who says hi, by the way, he did text me, said, hey, tell KT I say hello. Uh, he told me, hey, you got to come to a, a nice game. So I went in there, and, man, I was hooked. It, it's hard not to be going into the fortress. And so I started really learning about the team. Uh, you know, before uh, Mark Stone got injured this year, I got to, you know, really watch him play and, uh, and, and watch him lead this team. And then when he went out, I mean, how everyone stepped up and how unselfish these guys are and how, you know, they really came together. When it came time that the, the season was ending, I became, I mean, heck, I got Golden Knights gear. I'm buying jerseys. I'm like, I'm a fan, man. This is my West Coast team now. And, uh, and, you know, I'm, I'm getting, getting into the, into the spirit of things. I go on your show and I say, man, if you aren't picking the Knights to win this thing, I like, I don't know what kind of hockey you're, you're watching. And that's, you know, part of my early, my, my new fandom, but also part of just watching these guys play. These guys play a style of hockey, one lines one to four, that is made to win Stanley Cups, that they keep pressure on you every single line. One line doesn't get exhausted. One single line every game doesn't get exhausted, but you exhaust defenses, you exhaust the blue liners and the goalies, and you just chip away at them. And the fact that they had a weaker, let's be honest, Western Conference this year, and they were going to have to face whoever had to go through the gauntlet of the Eastern Conference, it just made sense that the Knights should have been Stanley Cup favorites. And so when it came time to, to root for you know someone in the Stanley Cup fi- uh, playoffs, it was easy. I mean, just watching this team, how easy they are to root for and how good they are this year and the style of hockey they play this year, it is impossible not to root for them and be happy for them. Christy Maria, my guest. T.C. Martin show, 2 to 4 p.m. Ken Thompson sitting in. T.C. back in the director's chair tomorrow. Numchuck running the show, producing, and uh, doing a great job here. 1400 on the AM side, KSHP streaming live, tcmartinshow.com. And uh, Golden Knights tickets through the roof for this one, an average <laughs> of $1,105. That's 11% more expensive than yesterday's, and it's probably gone up even more. Uh, put in perspective, NBA, you had under $1,000, about $990, your average ticket price for Game 5 for the Nuggets wrap-up game in Denver against the Miami Heat. 
And uh, Chris, as I look at those ticket prices, they're exorbitant. But also, when you look at what's going on at, T- uh, at Toshiba downtown, where you know the watch party, it's a little after three o'clock in the afternoon. The game probably not going to drop the puck till five fifteen, five twenty. It is already packed. And you talked about going through a gauntlet. Unless you're some good-looking chick in a g-string, you're not getting through without going through a gauntlet. <laughs> Man, I and it's also the, another thing that makes you love this team so much is, is the fandom. I mean, this is this is Vegas's team. I mean, heck, you have license plates around here that say it. This is Vegas's born team, and you know this is such a great sports town that has deserved its own franchise for so long. And to have one created here and have one that that the people really uh, they they all absorb it. You know, they they all support it. And no matter if you're a big hockey fan or you just kind of you know you just kind of know what it is, you're a Knights supporter, and you're you're a diehard Knights supporter, no matter how much you care about the sport and general and i think that's a beautiful thing about this about this team and what they've done how they've really you know kind of been beloved by the community so that's why uh, that's another reason it's so easy to root for them but yeah i'm i'm not surprised that all toshiba is uh, is packed and uh, i'm not going to be trying to wedge my way in there i'm probably just going to find somewhere find somewhere hopefully outside t-mobile uh somewhere in the you know the half mile vicinity around t-mobile to be able to celebrate any goal and what I think is going to be the series clinch and win tonight. There you go. And somebody's got some coin. I mean, a lot of people have coin here in Vegas. We always talked about Gucci Row back in the day with Tark running the show at UNLV and just some of the, some of the more impressive boxing matches and UFC fights. Like if you have money, you can get where you need to be. How about two first row seats in section six? They went for $15,196 per ticket, a total for thirty grand, 392 dollars for two tickets. You got to have money to do that. Chris, I don't think that was TV at work doing that. No, that was not. We, uh, well, you know, uh, Tommy and I actually got on the glass in the, uh, in the Winnipeg series for a couple hundred bucks, but that was a, uh, you know, that, that was, you know, a steal and a uh, and a blessing. I don't think that's going to happen again in the playoffs anytime soon. But uh, now that I've sat down there, now that I've sat on the glass and I've got to you know hammer away the refs and the opposing team. Maybe that is a fifteen thousand dollars spot in my heart. Not one I can afford, but I think it is a fifteen thousand dollars seat, especially for you know a series clinching potential series clinching game like this. Um, I would I would call it priceless, but fifteen thousand dollars if I had to put a price on it, that sounds right. <laughs> there you go. All right, so let's get into the game inside the game. Before we get into any baseball, let's look at tonight's mm-hmm. game. Knights right now minus two hundred total five and a half shaded to the over. Using the Westgate Superbook, you have to lay one thirty to win a hundred on that total. What about it? Which way are you going, or are you touching this game at all? And on the puck line, the Golden Knights minus a goal and a half, plus one forty currently. I'm actually uh, I'm I'm hitting the first period. Uh, that game line, that game total, rather seems just about right for me. I've seen a couple books that have it at six shaded to under, and a couple books that, like you said, have five shaded to the over. Uh, but I'm actually going to hit the first period over one and a half, and that's for two reasons. The first is that the Panthers, let's, let's remember, heading into the series, they were 8-0 when scoring first, and they only have two first-period goals this entire series. They have put pressure on Aiden Hill, and they've done it really well, and Hill has just been a brick wall. All, all hats off to him. 
absolute con Smythe deserving performance this series. But if the Panthers want to score and they want to get the, the pressure to actually get it back to Sunrise, Florida, it's got to start in the first period. They got to go, come out with their heads on fire, get more shots on goal, get more pressure, try to get a couple breakaways that the Knights have given them in this series. And they got it. They, I mean, obviously they got to put it past the name of the game, but I think they're going to come out with their heads on fire. And the Knights have done such a good job in the three games they've won this, this series so far of controlling the pace and controlling the pressure. And I think that's what they're going to try to do is get out, maybe not like insanely early, like we saw in the Jets series or the, uh, or the Oilers series, but, you know, get out in the first five, 10 minutes, get some pressure and get, you know, try to beat Bobrovsky in the way they have been able to, which is generating shots from the point. So I think those two things mashed together. I think we see a one, one, maybe even our first three goal period, first period of the series. And so I think that first period over one and a half, I think that's probably my favorite play. And then, uh, uh, you know, every game they've won this series, I've sprinkled a little bit on their team total. It's at three and a half uh, shaded to the under. I'll take a little plus plus one twenty action shading to the over to support my Knights and, uh, my well, my adopted knights, I guess, <laughs> and cheer them on. So, I'll, my big play is probably the first period over, but I'll play their team total too. Get a little, you know, get a little plus money on that one. As my good buddy Chuck Gettle, big time handicapper, professional gambler, told me, KT, you don't pay the juice if you win the bet. And Florida's never won in Vegas. They're zero and seven, zero and five in regular <laughs> season matchups, zero and two in the playoffs thus far. We hope. That streak continues and put them behind the eight ball, make them 0 and 8. Uh, real quick, just a couple little props as far as, uh, you know, that we had when the whole thing started as far as the playoffs. It's called the Con Smythe. Who hoists that Con Smythe for the most valuable player throughout the Stanley Cup playoffs? Jonathan March. So right now, the clubhouse leader, you've got a couple other guys in Jack Eichel and Mark Stone. And then, of course, in between the pipes, you've got Aiden Hill. Is it Marchessault's to lose, or because uh, that's what I was saying to uh, Sam Gordon from the Review Journal earlier? I mean, if you get a shutout from Aiden Hill and you know one nothing game, something like that, maybe Aiden Hill catapults up to that number one spot. But who are you looking at? Is it Marchessault? You're pretty convinced will hoist that uh, trophy as far as I know. He just wants to lift the Stanley Cup, but as far as for the Smythe Trophy. That's the beautiful thing about the sport, isn't it? No one cares about the con Smythe. They only care. As the great one, Wayne Gretzky said, no one cares about the con Smythe. All they care about is the cup. Um, I, I think, I, personally, I think it was Marshall's to lose until I actually, I, I was talking to a couple, couple local guys, a couple local fans who have been, you know, obviously fans since day one. It's not that long, but they've been fans since day one. And they pointed out to me, they said, look, man, you, you see the, the goal tally from Marshall. So it's really impressive, obviously. But who's setting up all these goals? Who is setting up all of this offense and who has been setting up all this offense consistently this entire series and these entire playoffs? But Jack Eichel. And, you know, what a wonderful story would be, obviously, for Eichel to, you know, make the playoffs, beat Connor McDavid, and then go on to win Con Smythe. Uh, I, I think, and, and now that I go back and I look at it and all the offense he's generating, his passing, not just his scoring, but his passing and, and the lanes he's found and the, uh, the angles he has opened has been fantastic. And so I think if you go just off of the scorebook, obviously it's Marsh Stoltz to lose. But I think if you, if you want to say who has been the most valuable player in this entire run, it might be Jack Eichel. And I'm a little biased because my first job was in Buffalo, New York, when Jack Eichel, the year he got drafted, and I have a Jack Eichel uh, Buffalo Sabres jersey that I'll wear to the games, and so I call it my throwback. And so maybe I'm a little biased because 
I have watched him grow up since day one, but uh, I think I think he's a- absolutely also deserving of it. Uh, it will probably take a shutout, like a probably even a 35-save shutout for Aiden Hill uh, to be in that conversation. But it is possible. It is absolutely possible. But with how much offense there has been coming out of this team, I think it's going to be one of the forwards getting it. My uh, producer, Numchuk, keeps updating me with the pictures at Toshiba. It is absolutely ridiculous how many people <laughs> are already there at 318 in the afternoon uh, looking forward to that game, just uh, enjoying filling in for T.C. Martin. The T.C. Martin Show, 2 to 4 p.m. right here, AM 1400 KSHP. And uh, moving on with my good pal, Chris Maria. Chris, a big baseball guy, loves his hockey as well. But, Chris, before I let you go, give me a final score tonight. Give me a, give me a prediction. Give me a... So when you're when that score turns up, you could go. That's what I called on the TC Martin show. Are we talking the uh, the final score for tonight's night's game? Yes. All right. Give me uh, give me four two good guys. There you four go. two nights. All right, four to two, and that'll put the game over. That'll correlate unless you're playing. There are a few books, like Chris said, that do have six as the total shaded to the under, but most places I saw were five and a half shaded to the over. You're a big baseball guy, and you've been hitting pretty good on your bases throughout the last couple months, Chris. I know you're making good money, a lot of units. Mm-hmm. Uh, tell everybody real quick a little bit about your background. We've got about six minutes, so I want to get into a couple of the games and also get a take uh, from you as far as the College World Series. So real quick, uh, a little bit on your background as far as how you're such a solid baseball handicapper. I've uh, been playing baseball since I was three years old, played up until college, uh, started reporting on baseball, did play-by-play for a while, and then uh, been reporting on minor league baseball all the way through MLB throughout my career. Uh, and now that I'm out here, I've worked on developing a couple systems that have been really working for me. We're talking probably around 60 units, uh, 60 units positive since the beginning of the season. And so it's, uh, it's, it's been great. I mean, I'm just kind of working on, you know, getting stuff for me and, and my social media followers and, and really bringing everyone with me and trying to, you know, work out the, the storm that is baseball betting. And so, uh, just trying to really, you know, bring myself up and bring as many people along with me as I can. There you go. At Covers Club Chris, you can follow Chris that way on Twitter and you can contact him, follow him and tweet to him. And I'm sure he'll direct message you and uh, let you know how you can get his plays. All right, let's go rapid fire as far as Major League Baseball on today's schedule. What do you like so far? Uh, National League, there's some games we talked about and Flaherty's pitching out of his mind, but the Cardinals as a team not playing well. Uh, Pittsburgh, a plus price, and they're in first place in the NL Central against former Pirate Jamison Tyon. And then Zach Wheeler going to try and cool off the Red Hot Snakes. Diamondbacks at home. You can get them plus 128, nine-year total in Arizona. First place Diamondbacks. That seems weird based on the way the last two years went. It is It is strange. Uh, you know, Phillies in that matchup definitely have uh, the stronger side of the, uh, of the of the pitching matchup. But, I, I, I mean, these... This Diamondbacks team is incredible how consistent they are offensively. I mean, you have a guy in Carroll who could be rookie of the year and MVP at the same time. It just, the, the team is just so consistent offensively, very unselfish, which has been, you know, it, it has been a trend uh, in the best offenses this season. When you talk about the Braves, the Rays, the Rangers, just very consistent but unselfish offense. And so I'm not touching that game. The the line has kind of gone toward Philly, which I'd like to see. I'd like to see us win after that kind of heartbreak last night. Uh, but I'm looking at those Pirates. The the line has moved toward the Cubbies a little bit. I got the Pirates at plus 120 earlier, and I, I think the Pirates are on the strong side of the offense and the pitching matchup here. 
Um, I think the wrong team is favored, personally. I think the Pirates, even though they're traveling too regularly, uh, you know, never an easy task. They have the offense. They have the offensive power to be able to do it. Not exactly consistent, but, I mean, offense has almost been non-existent for the Cubbies in the last few weeks, uh, even the last month or so, just very inconsistent. So I'm going to be taking those Pirates at plus money. Uh, I also like the Reds tonight. The line has moved really toward them, which is, you know, it, it's good for me. I got them at even money. Uh, I think the Reds take it uh, and score a ton against the Royals tonight. Lyles, man, he has been brutal. 0-13 the Royals are when he starts. And so I think that trend continues with a red-hot Reds team that, man, how about their offense? Did any of us see this coming? Yeah. How good the Reds have been, especially with Ellie De La Cruz adding to that team now. Yeah, there's no doubt. Ellie De La Cruz is a special five-tool player. It's fun to watch. I will say this in Jordan Lyles' defense. His whip walks and hits Perini's pitched over his last three games is only 1.12, which is astronomical compared to those first several games where it was mm-hmm. over two. So uh, we'll see. Uh, Cincinnati, though, playing well as a team and really getting that uh, spark there from Dela Cruz coming up. And Wayne Krivsky, former GM, talked about Dela Cruz coming up and saying, you know the guy's great when he's one of the favorites as far as rookie of the year, and he hasn't even been brought up yet. So uh, there's no doubt the kid is special. College World Series, where are you as far as these eight teams? A lot of people saying nobody's going to be able to beat Wake Forest. And what people remember as far as the betting circuit is what they saw last. And that was a 22 to five shellacking by the boys from Winston-Salem at home against Alabama, number 16 team in the country from the strongest conference in the SEC. We've got the one bracket with Oral Roberts, TCU. They'll open up on Friday, as will Virginia and Florida. So that's your one half of the bracket. And then Stanford, who was very fortunate last night, ball was lost in the lights in a 6-6 game. They end up advancing over Texas. They will take on that number one Wake Forest team. And then Tennessee and LSU will battle in the other uh, matchup as far as from that bracket side. So it's Stanford, Wake Forest, Tennessee, LSU. Who comes out of that side? I, I'm one of those people that says it's, it's Wake Forest all the way. I mean, yeah, they, you know, they obviously you know, just cleared out in the super regional, cleared out Alabama. But they also did it in the regional too. I mean, they were they were basically getting to the point where we're considering considering a run rule in the regional. This team is so strong offensively. Their pitching is amazing. Their uh, their defense is obviously very good, very strong, very solid, especially for you know a college team. But it's that offense that it just absolutely is mind boggling. I think the only shot that anyone has LSU trying to pull off an upset, and LSU will probably have to beat them twice uh, if they are to do it. But, uh, yeah, LSU, I think, is the only shot that, you know, the world has, if you will, that the entire World Series has uh, of Wake Forest being taken down. Because the other side of that bracket, uh, I think it's a race between TCU and Florida, as much as I love Oral Roberts. You know, I reported on him for years in Tulsa. I will always root for those guys. They will always have my heart. But, uh, you're you're facing the biggest of the big boys now, TCU and, and Florida. And so as good as ORU is, I think it's a race between those two. Uh, I think Florida makes it out, and so we get a final of Wake Forest and Florida. And, man, I just don't see anyone beating Wake Forest. It's just it, it's so hard to take these guys down. And the way they're playing right now, confident but not cocky, you know, fun but not loose, like not too loose, 
it's 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 perfect what they're doing right now with the, between the coaches and the kids themselves. They're executing perfectly, and it is hard to see anybody beating them. Outstanding analyzation. He's a young and up and up and coming stud as far as in the industry, not just the handicapping, but the broadcasting as well. You'll hear him on my show, SportsX Radio, and I'm sure TC Martin will have Christy Maria filling in sometime as well. He and Tom Viola, two of my favorites. These guys are special and uh, Syracuse kids that have made it out west to Vegas. Really appreciate both of them. But Chris, thanks so much for taking time to join me on the TC Martin show. God bless my man. Enjoy that Golden Knights victory tonight. Four to two is your prediction. Prediction. I'm looking forward to that. I'll take that 4-2 win. Any win will be good, but the 4-2 one sounds like a good score to me. Chris, thanks so much, pal. Let's have some fun tonight. Thank you so much for having me on, my man. There you go. Great stuff. And then we come back with our final guest, Gam Lou. He's awesome. Yeah, Gambler and Lou is his first name. Lou Finnecaro, outstanding at what he does. He picks and chooses specific sports. NHL hockey playoffs, not during the regular season, but hockey playoffs. That's Gamlu's specialty. College World Series has been a specialty of his for years, and he looks at the futures prior to the uh, regionals and super regionals getting underway. We'll find out what Gamlu has in store for us in the final segment. You're listening to the T.C. Martin Show. It is Ken Thompson sitting in. Again, it is 1400 on that AM side, KSHP, streaming live on the TCMartinShow.com. Live from Vegas with Numbcheck running the show. We'll be right back. Freddy's Frozen Custard and Steak Burgers now has a new location on Rainbow near Russell Road. All the great Freddy's favorites are back, including the delicious steak burgers, patty melts, Chicago dogs, and the best frozen custard and sundaes. Freddy's Frozen Custard and Steak Burgers, now with four locations in the Valley. Two in Henderson on Warm Springs and Julia Road, and Eastern near Silverado Ranch, and two in Las Vegas at Charleston and Decatur, and its newest location on Rainbow and Russell. Freddy's, the taste that brings you back. and experience the high-action entertainment at the best race and sports book. It's the world-famous Superbook at the Westgate Las Vegas. The largest in the world with 30,000 square feet of heart-racing action with 350 seats and a massive 220-foot by 18-foot 4K video wall. Experience live sporting events like nowhere else and see the T.C. Martin Show live every Friday from 2 to 4 p.m. where T.C. and his famous guests preview and handicap the weekend's action. There is no better place for all your football action than the world-famous Superbook at the Westgate Las Vegas. Relax and enjoy the games and the fully stocked bar, free Wi-Fi plus cocktail service and convenient food options at the court. Experience it all at the world-famous Superbook at the Westgate Las Vegas. David Spade and Nikki Glaser, together exclusively in Las Vegas. You have a guy like this, whenever I take any pill, he goes, dude, give me one. I go, you don't even know what it is. He goes, dude, I got kids. Shows select weekends, April 28th through November 18th. The Venetian Theater at the Venetian Resort, Las Vegas. I say it when COVID first came out. I like, knew I wasn't going to die from it. But I feel the same way about like texting and driving. Like, I'm good. Get tickets now at Ticketmaster.com. Don't miss David Spade and Nikki Glazer together in Vegas. There is no better place for great food and fun than Slice of Vegas. Slice serves hand-tossed New York-style pizza, Italian pasta, and savory sandwiches. Slice is an official partner of the Las Vegas Aces and home of game day watch parties. Come to Slice and enjoy our big screen TVs, full bar, and laid-back atmosphere. Slice of Vegas, located in the shops at Mandalay Bay Place, inside the mall between Luxor and Mandalay Bay. 
Come in and enjoy a slice of Vegas. Michael Jackson One by Cirque du Soleil is hailed by Rolling Stone as a virtual parade of wow moments that immerse the audience into the world of Michael Jackson's music. Performing weekly at Mandalay Bay Resort and Casino, Michael Jackson One celebrates the musical legacy of the King of Pop. Looking to elevate your night? The new Michael Jackson One VIP experience is now on sale. Get your tickets today at MJ1.com. Who's bad? One of the greatest songwriters of our time returns to Las Vegas. Van Morrison, live in concert. September 6th, 8th, and 9th, Zappos Theater at Planet Hollywood. On sale now at Ticketmaster.com. Van Morrison, live in Las Vegas. Now, more of your favorite personal sports physician. Don't make me big. T.C. Martin. Of course, you are a character. Doesn't mean that you have character. The doctor is now in. <laughs> now, the doctor's going to need a doctor tomorrow to make up for all the injuries that KT has uh, performed over here on his show. T.C. Martin Show, Monday through Friday, 2 to 4 p.m., Appreciate the doc letting me sit in. Jose Volante, Chris Wynn, amongst others that have sat in for the doc. He's like on one of those extended vacations, but he's back in town. Flies in just in time, the way the doctor does it. For that Vegas Golden Knights game five tonight at the Fortress. Toshiba area where you can, you know, take in the, you know, the atmosphere. If you're not in T-Mobile, if you're not in the actual venue, well, you can go down and be part of the watch party. Now, you're going to be about five blocks away from the watch party, the way things are looking. I mean, it is absolutely wall-to-wall humanity. And that's the way it should be. This team has just captured the hearts of everybody here in Vegas. Numchuck is with me, and uh, he keeps showing me pictures. You can hear uh, the crowd there. And we're going right there seeing the updated pictures of the amount of people that continue to forge forward. Remember, the puck will drop probably in about an hour and 45 minutes, somewhere in that neighborhood. I know it says 5 o'clock, but by the time the pregame show and they drop the puck, unbelievable how many people will be down around the Strip, around downtown, just taking it all in. And if the Golden Knights win, it's going to be a party. So I will tell you this, please, if you're listening at all, and I know a lot of you are to the T.C. Martin Show, Please enjoy yourselves. Understand, first off, you're in 90-degree weather, so if you're outside, hydrate yourself. Don't just drink alcohol nonstop. Take it from somebody that learned the hard way way back when he was a kid that you've got to make sure that you kind of blend in the water. Get the H2O in there, in your body. Stay hydrated. Enjoy yourselves. But then if things go great or if things don't go great, still stay within yourselves. Enjoy yourselves. But, you know, don't. Pull a Denver like last night, having a shooting, 10 injured after the Nuggets win shortly after. So we do not need that. We want to make sure that we celebrate in style with class. And it's a class organization, the Vegas Golden Knights. Let's be class action fans as well. Enjoy yourselves and don't drink and drive. Remember, 
We've got the strictest drunken driving laws in the country. You don't need to. You've got Lyft. You've got Uber. You've got all those ways, but we've got the best cab system, the limos, you name it. We've got ways for you to get around, and we've got designated drivers of America as well. And so use all of those. And remember, plan your ride. If you know you're going to be drinking, plan it before you even go out because once you start drinking, your mindset changes. Next thing you're like, ah, I don't want to leave my car here. I got to get it in the morning. I got to go to work. So plan ahead. Plan ahead now and make sure that you're all good to go. All right, KT, that's enough lecturing. The old man used to do that to me, and I used to sit there and go, all right, you done yet, Dad? Well, KT is done lecturing, and now get out there, enjoy yourself. It's going to be a great atmosphere. I welcome in one of my favorite people, and this guy picks and chooses. He's a very disciplined handicapper. His name is Lou Finicaro. If you've not heard of him, and most people have, especially if you live here in Vegas or if you follow different sports, doesn't matter. I told you, Lou is big time as far as NHL playoffs postseason that's one of his uh resume qualifiers also college world series ufc outstanding ufc handicapper mma doesn't always have to be a ufc card but gamlu those are just some of the sports and then of course football and whatnot he can kind of clue you in as far as all these different things but i have not talked to lou finicaro in a while he hails from the great state of Arizona, and KT, of course, makes it back and forth to Phoenix uh, all year long. So I enjoy my house there in Moon Valley, but I enjoy living in Vegas as well. Lou Finicaro, how the heck are you, my man? And thanks for taking time out to join me on the T.C. Martin Show. Ken, thanks so much for having me. Great speaking with you. This is a great time of year for me because I'm busy with both the College World Series and the hockey playoffs <clears throat> to see what the spoils are for a city of Vegas uh, under the leadership of really excellent executives at the Las Vegas Golden Knight uh, organization. To see what's happening in Vegas being so close, I make as many trips to Vegas as you, Phoenix. And so I consider myself a Las Vegan, and and to, to see that and feel that is really awesome and special, this Foley and this organization ought to be really, really proud of what they're doing. Um, That said, the dynamics and the pricing of tonight's game is out of whack, and we may not want to discuss that. uh, But to look at the Vegas situation, uh, they may not win it tonight, but they're in surely great position to win it. Not only do they have the deeper, more talented team that plays defensive hockey they have the organization or great city behind them. Uh, there's there's teams and cities like Buffalo's and Toronto's that are going to be very envious over the fine city of Las Vegas. There you go. Should be a fun time tonight, Gam Lou. And uh, again, you're talking as an educated handicapper. And when everything looks too good to be true and you get in that clinching position and you're at home, well, the fans look at it as like it's over where we saw last night with the Miami Heat in Denver, even though they got down 15-8 early, they stormed back, had a lead at halftime, a one-point lead going to the fourth quarter. Yes, they lose there at the end, but they cover the spread uh, pretty easily as far as you know throughout uh, the second quarter on. And again, a lot of people feeling that if Denver was able to just get a lead, that they would expand on it and blow out the Miami Heat. Did not happen. Are you feeling something similar tonight What's game scenario as far as different things that you could see transpiring tonight? Because my feeling is if Vegas gets off early, 
I think they need to get a two goal cushion in order to then start pulling away. I think, you know, somebody asked me and said, well, what do you think if Vegas gets a one Oh lead or is it over? And I said, no, because if Florida gets the equalizer, then the momentum's back with the road team because everybody is expecting Vegas to win. And the Florida Panthers, as it has been throughout the postseason, when they started with the best overall team in the NHL during the regular season, the Boston Bruins, who lapped the team, uh, lapped the rest of the league, there's no pressure on Florida tonight. Yes, they want to keep the thing going, but at the end of the day, to me, all the pressure is on Vegas because everybody pretty much expects them to win tonight. Yes, I, I agree with all of that. I mean, really, if you want to look at it just clinically, in game one, Vegas was minus a buck thirty-five. In game two, they're minus a buck forty. In this game, they open minus one sixty-five. Okay, so the makers knew. The people that know, they knew they were going to have to pad that number a little bit because there was going to be some Vegas flow. And now, what's the number? Vegas minus one ninety, minus one ninety-five, and we're at not even thirty minutes away. When we get fifteen minutes away, the number is going to be. 190 to 200, and that spells overreaction. Uh, again, I'm, I'm saying if we look at it clinically, there's only one way to bet this, and that's Florida. That's exactly what I'm going to do. I'm also going to take the over six even money because I believe there's going to be goals scored. Okay, so you think it's better to take over six even money then over five and a half and laying juice minus 125 or 130 to win 100? I don't, I, I have an aversion to laying a price. So I, if I put a dollar down and I can get a dollar back, that's usually my bare requirement. Got it. Okay. Makes sense. Uh, there'll be others that will say, yes, but if it hits a 4 2 final, then I'm going to be able to cash, even though I had to lay that juice. As far as to, uh, you know, get it up and over the five and a half. And if it's a three, three overtime, I'm a winner. I mean, if my aunt had whiskers, she'd be my uncle. I'm telling you, <laughs> this, this series has been an over series and I believe it continues tonight. Nah, and not necessarily. I, I, I've seen some aunts with whiskers. So, you know, yeah, all my aunts have, have whiskers, Ken. <laughs> Every one of them. That is great. Oh, Gamlu, I love you, man. All right. So. Uh, give me a predicted score that you're, that you're feeling. Cause you're, you're going to take a shot on Florida. Uh, but what are you yeah. feeling? Are you, are you feeling a correlation with the Panthers to, if you like them taking a chance on them to win, or are you feeling, feeling a correlation as a low scoring game? No, I, I, I like the over. I like the Panthers. I, I can't predict the score except that I know when we're done, I won't have to take my socks off because on two hands, I'll be able to count that it's going to go to six or more. I, I do like the 3-3 three, three overtime a little bit. Okay, good stuff there. Yes, and you can also, folks, play that uh, sportsbooks offering regulation score, similar to the soccer, the three-way result where you can play the draw. Uh, I think the last I looked at that, it was plus 310, 315, somewhere in that neighborhood. And then you can play the two teams, whether or not they win in regulation. If you play Florida to win in regulation, you will make more money uh, than – the price that they have right now where you're taking back about 
170, somewhere in that neighborhood as far as if they just win the game, even if it does go to the extra session or more, just depending on, uh, again, they don't have the shootout like they have during the regular season. They don't do any of that, the four-on-four overtime and then the shootout. They make sure that uh, they'll play as long as it takes. And we remember this Florida Panthers team finding a way to win game one in the Eastern Conference Finals against the Carolina Hurricanes in four overtimes. And Gamlu, to me, that was uh, how that series turned right there on game one because there's something about playing all those overtimes when you're at home and not winning. And ironically, they come back and they play overtime again in game two and found a way to win that. So it is an opportunistic team, to say the least, this Florida Panthers squad. A lot of chemistry. They are undefeated in overtime this playoff season. So to get to overtime, they feel completely comfortable. And if they do what they did against Carolina and add a stellar Bobrovsky performance they've got a chance tonight anything other than a stellar Bobrovsky standing on his head doing cartwheels and Florida playing their best game if if Florida does not bring that then they'll be hoisting in the streets of Las Vegas today all right so Matthew Kachuk has been their leader throughout this postseason 11 goals 13 assists 24 points Verhage and Barkov have been good but it's really Matthew Kachuk that's fine found a way to be in the right place right time and also he's somebody that makes his own breaks but he's banged up we don't know how effective he'll be if indeed he goes tonight and we were saying here that we thought if the man can at least put on a pair of skates somehow some way he's one of those guys that's gonna gut it out and get out there and and give coach Paul Maurice all he has your take on the leadership of Matthew Kachuk throughout these postseason games and series I mean starting with the series win in Beantown against the Boston Bruins who lapped the rest of the league and taking it to Toronto and then Carolina and now here into the finals with the Vegas Golden Knights yeah Florida brought Paul Maurice and Kachuk in for one reason and and this is the reason right here we've seen Kachuk put the team on his back and now this is a President's Cup team from last year so it's not like they were a bunch of you know, slapstick guys. This was a good team, but they didn't have a leader. And here comes Kachuk. He saddles them up, and that's why they are where they are. And, yeah, he's dinged up tonight. That's affecting the overreaction in the price, and I think bringing more value to Florida. And and you got to tip your hat to Kachuk. But one guy you got to tip your hat to more so than anyone else in this series is Jonathan Marchezo. The guy that Florida let go came into Vegas and is about to win the Con Smythe. And oh, by the way, yes, we did release him at seven to one at the beginning of the of this series. Jonathan Marchezo had a chip against Florida, and he's not done. If you want to get him anytime goal tonight, I'd tell you to run. Don't walk to make that bet. There you go. He's also uh, anywhere from 10 to 12 to 1 to score the first goal of the game. Do you even mess with that at all, Gamlu? Because that puts you in a spot where, yeah, the odds may look good, but you have to get that first goal. You're more inclined potentially to take the, an anytime goal to where if that player you like does score anytime, yes, you're not going to get as big a payoff by specifying first goal, but you can still make some positive money. Yeah, that's a great question, Ken, and here's the answer. Normally, I don't play in those markets. If I were to play in those markets today, it would be because I have the Marcius Obet, and what I would do is try and find him not to score a goal, because that's the only thing I think that could 
screw up him not winning the con Smythe. Mm -hmm. So that's how I would approach that and try and pick up a situation where I don't lose anything and I just could win money. That is a great point there. And I talked about really the only way that I thought he may lose is if, uh, say, Eichel had a hat trick and March, so like you said, had a blank sheet, did not score, or potentially a shutout by Aiden Hill, who also is flexing a 2.11 goals against average. Uh, that could come into play as well. I'm not sure if Mark Stone can do enough. He has been a catalyst and has made some highlight plays. But Marchessault, to me, has a nice little lead enough on Mark Stone that it would take a uh, uh, just an amazing effort from Mark Stone to get that Conn Smythe trophy. Gam Lou is our guest here as we finish up the T.C. Martin Show. T.C. Martin Show, 2 p.m. to 4 p.m. right here, 1400 on the AM side in Las Vegas, KSHP, streaming live, tcmartinshow.com. And Gam Lou, a seasoned veteran as far as handicapping with a lot of discipline and a good solid golfer. He loves the MMA game as far as betting, but he also is a specialty as far as the College World Series. And Gam Lou, I just didn't know, as far as futures, uh, when do you start looking at teams, do you wait until they get to the super regionals? Will you play them uh, prior, uh, as far as prior to the regionals, or will you play them sometime during the regular season if you feel you can get a good solid price? Or do you indeed wait until the College World Series field for Omaha is set with just the eight teams? That's a great question, too, Ken. And I used to wait until the final eight, but no longer. The last two or three years, there's been lines available. The coverage and the growth of the sport is being enhanced. And so uh, I'm more and more involved early. And in fact, this year, uh, we had a total, I made five total releases on futures. And of those five, and those were made at the, before the regionals. So that's when 64 teams were there. Obviously, I'm moving to try and gain the best price. I have Four of those teams alive. Vanderbilt, a team that I had invested in, has fallen by the wayside. And so I look at this bracketed tournament now through two lenses. The first lens is how uh, my clients and I are approaching it based on the futures that we currently hold. But more importantly, that means nothing to everyone listening now. I approach it like I'm opening the book right now. The, the Omaha 8 begins on Friday. How are we going to bet it? And that's what I'm prepared to address with you right now. And the first thing we need to know is that it's a bracketed tournament. And you ha we have five top ten seeds, three of which are in one bracket with Tennessee, a really good, good team that shouldn't, that's probably worthy of a top ten. And then the other bracket has Florida, the two seed, and Virginia, the seventh seed, against newcomers, TCU and Oral Roberts, that are relatively longer shots. And so I think there's opportunity in one of the brackets as opposed to a bloodbath, potentially, in the other. Okay, so let's start on Friday. That's where we have the one bracket with Oral Roberts, TCU, Virginia, and Florida. And those first two games, the very first one will be Oral Roberts, who blows an 8 nothing lead in Oregon, and Eugene loses that game 
and comes back and wins the next two games. Shows a lot of character there from a smaller conference from the Summit. Amazing job by Oral Roberts. And TCU, what they did to Arkansas caught my attention to where they were the only team I played going into their Super Regionals. I played them because their series was in Fort Worth, even though they were not designated the home team against Indiana State. But they got Indiana State out of Terre Haute. uh, And, of course, Indiana State winning their first ever hosted regional. So I took a shot at TCU at 16 to 1. Uh, Virginia and Florida. Virginia spotted Duke a 1 0 lead, an arch rival from the ACC, came back and won the next two. And then Florida, pretty solid. A little bit of trouble with Texas Tech, but still able to take care of business. Your take now, as far as that particular region, Oral Roberts, TCU, uh, Virginia, and Florida, as far as that bracket, I should say, as, the, as far as the College World Series. Yeah, I think that's the bracket that I would attack. Uh, if I had no way, if I'm just looking at this tournament, that's the bracket I'm going to attack. And since Florida's two and Virginia's seven, I probably, understanding that if you win your first two games, Florida and Virginia play Friday, if the winner plays Sunday against the winner of TCU and Oral Roberts. So the winner of Florida, Virginia, if they win two games Sunday, they don't play again till Wednesday. They've got rested pitching, and the other teams have to go through double elimination. So it's mandatory to find the team that's going to win the first game and ideally the first two. And the reason I'm in this bracket is because I think TCU and Oral Roberts are teams both that are unranked, but their odds, TCU 8-1, to and Oral Roberts 22 to 1 are nowhere near both Florida and Virginia, who are both under 5 to 1. So to me, you got to find the winner of Virginia, Florida, and that winner has tremendous advantage moving forward in the College World Series and their side of the bracket. And to get more specific, Florida is a team that's won it recently. Virginia also is a team that has decent history here as well. In fact, this is the coach's sixth trip since 2009 to Omaha. And, oh, by the way, the Virginia coach is a guy named O'Connor. He played baseball for Creighton when Creighton went to the College World Series in Omaha. Make no mistake about the fact that Virginia will have a tsunami wave of of uh, fans behind them in the Omaha people that are rooting for O'Connor, whose mom and dad, who just passed away, live still in the area. Wow. So for me, Virginia, I think, is where I would steer people for College World Series futures because of that. That is great insight. Gam Lu, our guest, and just the way he breaks things down and finds little nuggets like that really lets you know that the man does his homework, and he has always been known for that throughout the betting world, especially here in Las Vegas. All right, so the other side of the bracket, what are we looking at? Because you talk about the number one team in the country with Wake Forest and people watching how they uh, pulled a little demolition derby there on Alabama, the number 16 team in the country, but also coming from the SEC. And so you see two other teams in that side of the bracket, Tennessee and LSU, who will open up on Saturday. Stanford, very fortunate last night, uh, beneficiary of a ball being lost in the lights, but still had the lead on Texas at three nothing, squandered it, then six three, squandered it, but win it that way at home in Palo Alto. 
Any chance that Stanford pitching going to be able to at least give Wake Forest a game on Saturday? Or is this a bracket or that side of a bracket where you're looking at the Demon Deacons or one of the teams from the SEC? You talked about Tennessee a little bit earlier, and we know how good LSU is years past as well. Tennessee is so, so dangerous because last year they were Wake Forest, and when they got the, they got to the Super Regionals, Notre Dame pulled the rug out from under them. So while they've lost a lot of their players to the pros, the core returning was in Omaha two years ago, and that team must be regarded. And I really like them against an LSU team that might be, uh, that is surely heavily talented, maybe not as much in the pitching staff, and that's where Tennessee may have an edge in that first game. As far as Wake Forest is concerned, you, Wake Forest price now is plus 240 to win the whole thing. They have they, they, every stat that I track in Omaha, because it's a defensive, I track pitching, I track whip, I track walks, uh, uh, strikeouts to walks, and I track doubles as far as offense is concerned because it's not gorilla ball and wake forest plays some gorilla ball they're very explosive and i mean they blew alabama out a team that was very very good and they're three deep with their pitchers so they have to be regarded that said stanford is the only team of the eight that was in omaha last year and they didn't do very well they're cagey they're beguiling. They're a bunch of smart kids. They're pitching heavy. And I love them in game one as a huge underdog against Wake. Sometimes in Omaha, highly regarded pitchers go and underachieve. And Wake's never been there. This is their first time since 1955. They're going to be in Omaha and there's going to be microphones in their face. And Stanford, the students from the West, who were here last year sitting 12 to 1, I think are so prime to upset Wake Forest. And again, Ken, just like the other bracket, the, the winner of that game right there really stands a great chance because then they just have to get by the LSU Tennessee winner to hold advantage in that side of the bracket. That is great stuff. Gam Lou, I just love you, man. You're the best, man. Thanks you, thank you so much for accommodating us here on the TC Martin show as, uh, we anticipate the Vegas Golden Knights big game, but breaking down the college world series, I really enjoy college baseball. And that's going to be a lot of fun starting up on Friday and Saturday with both sides of the bracket getting underway with four teams in both sides of the bracket. But Gam Lou, you do such a great job in all your handicapping. Real quick, let everybody know how they can find you and get your plays. Yeah, best way to get me, gamblue.com. The web page is up and it came, came online again just in the middle of hockey season. And, uh, you just head, head on over there. I'll have insights into tonight's hockey games as well as the College World Series. And Ken, thanks so much for thinking of me this time of year. It's always a pleasure. There you go. At Gamblue, follow him on Twitter and that'll do it for us. The doctor back in tomorrow. Thanks to Numchuck. Thanks to Mark Hayes. Thanks to everybody over here at KSHP. It's been a pleasure for me, Ken Thompson. Follow me at SportsX Radio. God bless, folks. We'll talk to you tomorrow with T.C. Martin back in the house. You've been listening to the T.C. Martin Show right here on KSHP AM 1400. Have a great evening. Go Knights, go. Good night, everybody. We'll be right back.